0: You ready to do this
1: no i'm just sitting over here for fun
0: here we go what you don't hear is the music is actually playing there you go great <laughs> we're doing this podcast right now <laughs> let's go jason bridmore uh <clears throat> you uh you raced a motorcycle over the weekend Mm. which is really impressive.
1: There's way more interesting news than
0: that. No, I don't on, I man. think that's the news. Nope. As I think I'm turning the music off, but I can't hear it because Hi everybody, welcome to the yeah. podcast. As Jason and I are in a hotel room looking
1: across from each other, gazing into each other's eyes. Wow. Been around this guy for way too long right now. And we came straight from the track. We ordered Grubhub to the room. And I can tell you what we got. There were no donuts though. <laughs> and yeah now we are literally sitting at a table in a hotel room in Austin Texas are you tired to kill out this podcast? I am exhausted dude I am wiped out well last two nights it's been minus 30 degrees in our room which no, I stop. don't mind you snore so bad so do you It's bull. how do I snore I don't even sleep
0: you sleep. You want me to play it because I recorded. Some. I did
1: you did two last night. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, yeah I got plenty
0: of you recorded. Oh, because I talked to Richie Alexander about this very thing a couple of days ago. He said Jason denies that he snores, but you do. I don't
1: deny that I snore. I'm saying that when you don't sleep for five hours while you're listening to somebody else snore.
0: Yeah, I know, but you got a couple good hours of sleep because I oh, I stayed up listened to yep. you snore. Anyway, who cares? That's great. Who cares? We're both tired, but there's so much to talk about here there's on this so podcast. So much going on right now. Yes. So today. Let's see, we're going to say that this podcast, well, first of all, you know, what I really want to say about this podcast is that it is presented by Aray because we're going to skip news because there's so much stuff going on. And honestly, there's not a ton of news. So why don't we just say that this is presented by Aray? You know, Jason... Avoiding impact energy intrusions by sliding or glancing off surfaces and obstacles is a key role of a helmet shell, requiring a strong, smooth shell. For this purpose, Arai handcrafts each shell as strong and as light as possible with a high fiber resin, well, it's like fiber to resin ratio actually, and proprietary super fiber and Z resin. However, this process leaves a rough surface, which requires many steps to prepare for beautifully smooth finish without adding any extra weight Even though invisible, these details improve protection. That's Arai's obsession, by the way. So check out com. Pick what you like. Head down to your dealer for fitment and grab a new lid. ArayaAmericas.com. And once again, thanks to Arai for keeping me safe over the race weekend. And what I mean by that is simply, as I fade the music out.
1: It's a lot harder to do on the road, isn't it?
0: It's a little harder to do on the road because we don't have headphones and things like that on, but it's it's not too bad. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, MotoGP because the start of the season happened and it did not disappoint by any stretch of the imagination. And f- for the sake of Pete, if you're not watching Moto3, you're a moron. Wow. I mean, it's so good. All of it. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So we're going to break down what we saw. We're also going to talk about MotoGP Fantasy League, which nearly 200 of you started. And uh, it's that that's a lot of fun. We're so happy to have everybody. Uh, JP choked on that one, so that, oh. that one, of course, warms my heart.
1: I don't what, know what Why is. are you on, are you on your on phone, phone
0: in the middle of a podcast? Uh, you, because dumb dumb.
1: You're no, bored? No, I'm not bored. No, I, I'm, I'm I'm actually looking for content for the podcast, <laughs> to be fair. And then that happens. All right. Well, it's Tuesday. One of those reels things Yeah. Or something. Oh, like yeah. yeah, yeah. It it's,
0: it's Tuesday, by the way. We're recording this. And Moto America is done with their first day of official testing. It's the Dunlop test. Here at Circuit of the Americas. So we're gonna be talking about that. And you know, we'll wait to the end of the podcast so a lot of you can bounce off, but we've got to talk about Battle of the Olds because that happened over the weekend. My race
1: with David Kolb, if you can call it a race. And then uh, you know Just our whole week in Chuck Wall. I mean, we've been on the road now. You've been on the road a little bit, uh, since last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh you got a big birthday coming up, sixtieth. Mm-hmm. Congrats mm-hmm. on that. That'll be mm-hmm. great. Wow. Um no, but we, same year, buddy. If I'm 60 or 60, right. I know it's brutal. And so it cold. All right. So this week, finally we got the MotoGP happening. Oh, yeah, and last year when COVID hit, if you remember MotoGP teams didn't go to Doha, um, Moto2 and Moto3 did. I think it's one of the best tracks to uh, like watch a race on TV. Obviously the, the whole thing with the night. And I think the bikes look so great. Um, in the light, uh, under the lights there. But when you think about it, everybody was talking about Marquez and I liked the way last year ended up with the unpredictability of everything. And when you start thinking about who was favored, and who wasn't favored, you know, nobody mentioned Juan Mir, but he had something to say over the weekend, uh, there in Doha. That said, Maverick Vinales proved that he can race because we know he can win we know he can ride. And there's got to be some scratching of the heads in the whole Yamaha camp, though. You know, I mean, you look at didn't look like Quattro could keep a tire underneath and he ends up fifth after looking good early. But Vinales was just superb. I mean, the Ducatis at the start of that race, Greg, with Jorge Martin coming from the fourth row mm-hmm. to join Bagnaya, Miller and Zarco at the front for those first two or three laps. It didn't look like anybody was going to be able to get near him. And the passing problems that the Yamaha has seemed to have had the last couple of years. Didn't look like it was that way with Maverick Vinales on board.
0: No, it was not a great start, you know, for the Monster Energy Yamaha MotoGP team. The One of the biggest concerns about Vinales has been on a full fuel load, and he's given so much up, and then the bike kind of comes good, and can he keep a tire underneath him? So for all the bellyaching that was kind of done, Valentino Rossi actually alluded to the fact that he thinks that a lot of their problems are being solved, and, you know, Obviously, we know that the Ducatis have phenomenal top end, Yeah, but Simon Crafer really gave us the secret, you know, as, as, as we've kind of known for a couple of years is that the riders have different maps where they can manipulate the fuel delivery. So, you know, you can't run on the limited leaders that they have in a MotoGP bike. You cannot run. Full tilt boogie all the time. So 25 mile an hour, right. right. So there's there's a reason why Bagnaya breaks the record. By the way, in qualifying, absolutely shatters the track record at Doha in qualifying because he gets full full fuel load. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or full fuel map. Yeah. And so yep. you could really see it at the end of the race when Zarco and Magnià oh. were behind Johan Mir. Who had done a great job to work himself Fort in the second place, and that dude got gobbled. I mean, it wasn't even
1: close. It wasn't even close. And I know he went a little bit wide in the last corner, but not. I mean, you'd expect them to kind of go by him. It wasn't even. It was knife to a gunfight type of thing. And so, I mean, yeah. it was it was a it was a crazy race. I'll go through real quick, right? The, the like sort of the top ten with a couple other special features in there. But Juan Zarco, I thought rode just brilliant the whole time. I mean, he always was at the front, never really let anybody kind of get away. He was always in that lead group. He ends up second. Pole Sitter, Francesco Bagnaya. I mean, when you look at what what Pecco did uh, this weekend, um, I think the, a lot of the talk was on Miller, um, but Bagnaya, I thought he did a tremendous job. All the job. talk was on yeah, Miller the until the
0: moment that. when Pecco put the thing on pole. Yeah. It was just Miller, 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 Miller.
1: And I know you've been given, uh, jumping ship here a little bit, but I know you've been giving Chris Pike a lot of uh, mm-hmm. props on his Twitter stuff that he's been putting out. And he actually... Did a thing I saw last night, if you if you get on Twitter, uh, he kind of did a thing where, where his predictions were. Oh, how I did they ended see up. that. Did you yep. see that? Yeah, I did. And he basically had Miller finishing backward, kind of almost where he finished. I think he might have had him a couple spots up. I don't think anybody, including myself, expected Miller to finish ninth. Um, Juan Mir ends up fourth. It was a little bit of a heartbreaking fourth, like we said. <laughs> he didn't even get drafted. They didn't have to do anything. They just rode right by him. Watuwaro, I think, nice little salvage job ends up fifth. It would have been easy for him to to uh, get beat by Rins, but Rins ends up sixth. Uh, Rins came out today, I guess, basically and said that he forgot to put his uh, launch control on at the start, so that must have been fun trying to handle that with uh, without that. Elasius Spargo, I think, a tremendous job in seventh. I'm really keen to see how he bounces back this week if that applier gets any better. I think, Greg, too, he was only like three seconds, four seconds off at the end. I, 5.9. Was it 5.9? Yeah, I don't but have still, that info right now. In yeah, but me, still, but dude, 5.9, 5.9
0: 9 seconds stuff. off.
1: I mean, th- that's. I don't know if the Aprilia is. I know the Aprilia has been close. I know the Aprilia has led at Phillip Island and things. But to be 5.9 seconds off at the end of that Grand Prix is great. And who was he racing with? Uh, at his the brother, end.
0: Paul. Paul Sparger. I thought. Paul also finished 5.9, but it was 5.934. For Elaish and five point nine nine oh for pole. What do you think
1: of that debut for him on the Honda?
0: I mean, I actually if if you go back and you look at other people that have debuted beyond that aren't called Mark Marquez, yeah. especially Jorge, <laughs> yeah. Lorenzo, I would have to say I think it's a solid start, considering yeah. the limited testing that they've actually had. Yep. Yeah. So I think good things for pole and you know, I mean five point nine seconds isn't isn't the end of the world. But on the other hand, he came out and said, Look, it's six seconds. I'm
1: six seconds off. That's not you know that's not that far off and i would say well yeah no, well i mean at, at the end of the day i i think with as many times as he's throwing that thing down the road in pre testing and then on the official weekend as well um the fact that he didn't do it in the race and yeah. then he kind of just held his head up and i think you can gain a lot when you go back to your team after uh after the laps that they put in here and you can go back and they can really try to make some stringent uh improvements going into this weekend so um that is Greg drinking a Coke out of the bottle, by they, the way. They didn't hear that. You don't think so? No, because I edited that part out. Oh, you did already? Well, I yeah, wow. that's what he did. <laughs> now you don't need to edit it. You can just let it roll. Yeah, let it roll. <clears throat> ninth place, Jack Miller, shocker in ninth place. And then I thought a great run by rookie Anaya Bastianini. Yeah, for sure. Uh, current Moto2 world champion. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, but 10th and 11th, how much money would you have put on Bastianini and Stefan Braudel Beating Valentino Rossi,
0: I really didn't think so. I mean, Rossi yeah. looked like he had a lot of pace. And Brottle, fourth, didn't Brattel jump like he came from? He jumped a lot of spots, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, he came from 18th or 18th, something. I was on say the grid. 18th or 17th. Yes, Eighteenth, yes, yes. On the grid to 11th is good. Only 10.2 seconds behind. So once again, you know, Repsol gets great production out of Brottle on that. You know, that's just incredible. Yeah. And Rossi back in 12th was, I think, another huge disappointment. Uh, then you have Miguel Oliveira, and this is the real troubling thing. There you have Miguel Oliveira and Brad Binder, your two KTM's on the Red Bull KTM Factory Racing yep. team. Yep, eleven and fourteen seconds. And there was a drift. point in that
1: race where Oliveira looked like he was going forward.
0: Yeah, there was. So, but high mean, tire gremlins again. I would assume. I don't know. Yeah, it's I. I don't know. Something I was just expecting a lot more out of KTM, and I'm not sure. You know, if if maybe development halted in a way that has hindered them, but Jorge Martin on the Pramac Racing Ducati is your last points finisher. Then you had Luca Marini on the Sky VR46, Iker Licawona, and Franco Morbidelli in 18th. And that was an absolute soul crusher for those of us who picked him in fantasy. But yeah, there's a reason why Franco ends up finishing 18th.
1: Yeah, apparently um, Renz forgot to put his launch control on and Morbidelli's didn't turn off. So he rode a full MotoGP uh with what would be i guess like kind of almost limited suspension with that thing the way they the way they roll the way they squat um i i don't know i i guess he's staying out there uh in case he can get a point obviously i mean yeah. mad props did for staying out he 100%. didn't he didn't get a point and i understand that but correct i mean it just, you gotta stay out there in case people just fall in case, yeah. people break whatever yeah. i mean uh disaster start of the season for marquez and nakagami both on those hondas um you know, again, uh, see those guys go down, and Petrucci doesn't even make it two corners, mm-hmm. and he crashes out on the KTM. But I think when you go back and you look at what they're all be talking about this weekend, um, when you go back and you look at what everybody needs to improve on, it looks like the Suzukis are the same Suzukis as last year, with regards to they're having trouble testing, and uh, am not testing. Sorry, but qualifying. I qualifying, yeah, yeah, they're having trouble in qualifying, and then. Um, They're able to pull something off in the race. Both the guys were coming forward together, as were the two Monster Energy Yamaha teammates. They kind of came through the Ducatis together. Quattro was kind of leading the the charge there. Once Vinales got by him, um, then it was just a matter of running down uh, Bagnaya at the front, and he ended up passing Bagnaya. That's when Zarco decided to get through on Bagnaya as well. But um, I thought Vinales did a tremendous job. I don't, you know, I think the big questions going into this week, and this is what makes the season so fun like last year when they're going back-to-back races, what's Miller going to do? Miller, Miller's got to do something. And, and when you and I did our preseason predictions, one of the things I said in that is that he's always kind of up front at the beginning and then he gets his tires wore out. Mm-hmm. And um, and that just, you know, these guys have been testing there now. So they've had six, seven days. Yeah. It's so crazy to me that, that that this isn't better for them.
0: Well, it's interesting because you talk about Chris Pike, and if you're looking for him on Twitter, it's Chris underscore Pike underscore, and he is, I believe, he's a World Superbike Crew Chief or something yep. like that. And he yep. just compiles all these numbers. If you look at the testing, and he, after him him compiling all the numbers, throwing away junk laps, yep. like your your touring laps or yes, your in and out laps, yes. Maverick Maverick was the, was the fastest rider. guy, yeah, you know. And I think that crazy, had he yeah. had he really looked at that prediction, that maybe he would have nailed it. Um, because I think, the, it, yeah. although Maverick surprises me, we had the same question, right? Which is, is the Yamaha raceable? Yeah. But the thing was, Jay, is that Maverick, if you look at like the last lap or last two laps, Maverick had a much bigger lead. He only won by one second. Right. Like what's disturbing is, is that when Ducati can put, you know, put full power into the bike and use as much fuel as they want. It, it, if they could run that for the entire race, yeah. no one would have a chance. I mean, so the question I have for you, MotoGP, race one in the books, who is, who's the rider of the race in, in your opinion, because there are there, you know, for me, there's the top four kind of stand out, you know, Vinales is a good candidate, Zarco, Bagnaia, you know, it it seems to be back. And then even though Mir finishes fourth, he was aggressive. His tires seemed to stay underneath him and he did make a nice pass
1: into second place but he just got out motored. So you can make a case for a number of guys. I yeah. think that when you look at it, I think when you look at those top five guys, um, the guy who's got to be beyond happy with the season debut is Yeah, Zarco has to be very happy. You got to remember this is a guy that ends up quitting a factory team midway through the season Crazy. and gets kind of bounced around a little bit. Next thing you know, he ends up on the Pramic bike vacated by Miller. I think that's a, a huge coup to him and that team. And it's, it's, Sticking one to the factory team a little bit. The fact that he beat both the Ducatis, I think that that's a it's a great result for him.
0: Same equipment, though. He is on the GP21. <clears throat> I get that. I get you know, that. For sure. Um, and it's, it's the first one of the year. So and I don't think they well. were too – I don't think the factory team was probably too butthurt about that no, one.
1: No, I don't think the factory team is. I think is a riot, from a writer standpoint, yeah. you're pretty happy to stick it to the factory guys. And I think bagnaya has got to be pretty happy that he converts his first pole position of his career into a podium mm-hmm. finish. And you know, at that at that, Greg, he's one point one off. So when you when you look at you know the top ten guys, they're only covered by 9.2 seconds. And that 9.2 seconds, that's a rookie on the end of that, you know, in Nenea yeah. Bastanini. Yeah. So when you when you start to think about some things, you can look at Bastanini, he's got to be pretty happy. I don't think Paul is that unhappy with eighth place at 5.9 back. Um, I think that you gotta look at Mir, was probably pretty happy. He looked pretty happy with his crew. And Zarco, um, I think the disappointments, obviously, Vinales is, is he's, he was amazing. But yeah, of course. You look at some of the disappointments, obviously, to me, the first one that comes ringing out is Miller. Um, I think it's like phew, the fact that he ended up where he did, I think is a shock to most of us. Yeah. Rossi, again, it just seems like he's got the same issues over and over. And, you know, you don't even want to sit there and think to yourself that, um, you know, is he, is he just done? Is it like what's going on with Rossi? I know Brooke is going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> Sorry, my favorite Brooke. guy in the world, but mm-hmm. but and 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 I think as a whole, the KTM's. I think those are the three that I would look at: Miller, Rossi, and the KTM's that are the big losers this last week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think KTM's just hoping to get out of get out of Qatar. Yeah, you know, and, well, and, and, and try to and try to hold on to more than five points. Yeah. Total for four bikes at this point. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I think uh you know if you look at bassanini with a good with a good debut. Uh, for me, I think the ride of the weekend is probably Johann Zarco. Yeah, you know, I, I really,
1: I mean, it's I, weird that we're not that we're kind of overlooking Vinales, Maybe we're not talking about him enough. But
0: no, I mean, I think it's but, great. But don't we expect the factory rider of Vignoles's caliber to to win races? I think we focus so much on the motorcycle sometimes in MotoGP. Yep. because. You know, you can, I don't know, create a fight between manufacturers, but when you look at, you know, Maverick Vinales and you go, okay, this is the Maverick that we know is capable of if he gets a good start and and the bike feels good. And you know, what Maverick said was that halfway through that first lap, everything started to feel great. And that's what you see. It's when the bike doesn't feel great that you see him marching backwards.
1: And and like Quattro, you know, when we were watching the race together, it was like when as soon as he got passed by one, then he got passed by another and he got passed by another. It's some of the guys fight back. That's what I love about Zarko. He fights like always. he he's always fighting. Um, And, and, and some of the guys have a tendency to go backwards. And then, but Vinal is when he knows he's the man, you, you can just see it in his riding style, his oh, posture, so everything, everything absolutely changes. Chris Pike actually had Bagnaya, Vinales, and Quattararo as the first three. Mm-hmm. And it actually ended up Vinales, Zarco, and Bagnaya. So he had two out of the first three correct. And uh, he did have Zarco finishing fourth, Zarco finished second. So it wasn't like he was really far off on some of that stuff. And,
0: um, and that was just your... Analytics, analytics, yeah, he straight had no up passion. analytics. He just looked at the practice yeah. times and all that, and, and and then said, "Okay, this is my race prediction." Correct.
1: So, you know, when you look at that, um, yeah, you got. I love his data. I, I, you're the one that got me onto him, and I was studying it last night while you were snoring, so I was able to study it for a long time. Greg, how about Moto Two? I mean, we were lucky enough to watch that. Greg and I, once we got done at Chuck Wallace Sunday night, we uh, we had some errands we had to run. Believe it or not, before we got to the airport uh, hotel that we stayed at. It was what eleven thirty before we kicked off Moto GP. I think. Yeah. Oh, eleven Eleven thirty, no, we watched Moto GP, yeah. and I tried to watch Moto too, and I got about six laps in, and then watched the rest of it the next morning. Man, hard to make a case that Sam Lowes isn't kind of the guy that everyone's going to chase this year. I think Remy Gardner put in a hell of a fight um, on his new ride with Red Bull KTM, um, and and I think that's a, a tremendous thing. And how about Giantonio Antonio finishing third? Um, really, must have been nice for that Grassini team to uh, to to pay tribute to to Fausto, who lost his life here about a month ago. Um, Bezeki Fernandez, and Hey America, we got two Americans in the top eleven. Joe Roberts ends up sixth. Then we had Dixon, Schroder, Bo Ben Schneider, Navarro, Cameron Bobier claws his way from twenty second to eleventh to get his season started in the points right off the bat. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, Viete, Canette, Fernandez, and Luthi. I think when we go back to those first three guys, uh, and you look at what they were doing, Greg, Lohs just seemed like to kind of control whoa, whoa, this whoa, race. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You forgot. Sorry, you forgot somebody
0: in the results.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. I ended up seventeenth. He's out of the points g I apologize, but he's only two away, bro. He's only two away. Go I. How far out did it was? He? he was uh It was only a couple seconds away from Tom Luthi.
0: Yeah, one point. 1.4 away from some points Yep. So, in, his, in his debut.
1: In his debut. So not not too bad. And there was a couple guys uh, like Raul Fernandez, ends up fifth. Mm. He ran second the majority of this race, if you remember, a rookie as well. Um, but, you know, when you look at those first three guys, it was good to see um, Sam didn't get to race this race last year because he'd hurt his shoulder, if you remember. Right. And he comes here. And there was a lot of scrutiny amongst the people and the peers and, and probably even us a little bit when Sam got that ride. We were all kind of like, wow, how did he kind of step into that? He's had a tough go of it. Um, he's healthy now, strong. Looked good out front. Didn't really look like anything was really too worrying to him. So, um, you know, what's your take of this? Well, I mean,
0: it's only one race, right? So, Correct. as Paul Carruthers always says, let's not have the banquet now. We got a race for a season. Yeah. But Sam Lowes, when he goes on tears,
1: though, he kind of like that, puts it together, he, doesn't he? he?
0: He does. He just looks like if you just watch him riding and everything else, you're like. I mean, Remy's talented. There's no doubt about it, and he was only 2.2 off. But it's like Sam right now could be on another planet, and if he gets on a run and builds up such a lead, you know, by mid-season, it's going to be very interesting. But you know, I, I thought Joe Roberts kind of held, you know, held his own. Great job. He was right there, and I think that that was a good, a he, good. good I, I think his his best debut. Well, well, no, last year, I guess. You know, he had fourth place finish here and pole, but with a his, new team, though, I think it's a pretty good debut. Exactly. Get that out of the yeah. way. Right. But really, I mean, I hate to be I hate to be a home a homeboy. Yeah. Or a homer or whatever. Whatever you are. But Bobier going from twenty second to eleventh. Yeah. You know, and I did talk to Cam this morning. I got in the I got on the blower with him and we were talking about it. And I was like, dude, congratulations. I mean, eleven spots, you know, what was it? And you know, you gotta you gotta understand that Cameron <coughs> Bobier hasn't been in twenty second spot on a grid in I don't know how yeah. long. Yeah. It's a different experience. It's you know, back on the world scene and what he admitted to me, Jason, was that the crash that he had a few weeks ago in qualifying kind of took the wind out of his sails a little bit. And he's been trying to find his feet. And, you know, he's, he's got Jake Zemke with him on this trip. And Jake was there as well. And so they had me on speakerphone just kind of wrapping out. Yep. But the thing about Cameron is he said, you know, once they got to warm up and he was like, what, six, seventh or eighth in warm up? He said, wait a second, I I can do this, you yeah. know. And so what's interesting is that you and I had this conversation and we're like man you know he's back there in in 22nd place but he's back there in 22nd place with the with the likes of Lorenzo Della Porta, Tony Arbolino, Thomas Luti, right? Who's yep. a who's a world champion, Augusto Fernandez who I believe Fernandez is a race winner or definitely a podium finisher, Aaron Canets there, Celestino Vietti, you know who's who's got tons of experience, you know, in uh, Moto 3 and everything, and Cameron Bobier and it's like dude he carved them all up he carved him all up and he passed him and he said Aaron Kinnett was really tough to pass because he'd pass him and Kinnett would just pass him back and park him. So Cameron said he learned a ton. Yep. He had good pace. And the thing that he really looked at was the fact that he had he was running nearly the identical the same lap times that the that the leaders were running at the end of the race. Yep. And that was really important. So he understands what needs to be done. Not that he can execute it, but he's like, dude, I just need a better qualifying yeah. position. And I was like, what's the problem? And he said, You don't understand. These riders in Moto2 are able to dig out one lap like I've never seen before. Yeah. And they can absolutely rip. And he goes, I've just got to figure that out. And so, you know, if you if you look at it, the, the fastest lap of the race was a 159.4 by Remy Garner on lap 13, by the way, which is incredible yep. that late in the race. But, you know, the, the lap record is Joe Roberts 1.3 seconds quicker. But Dunlop doesn't have qualifying tires. Correct. They do have a soft tire. It's not yeah. like, you know, they have a gumball or anything. So I get where Cameron's coming from. And so he's really excited, as he said to me on the phone, that he gets to go back to Qatar specifically yeah.
1: and race again next week. Well, I think that this is going to be a uh, a way that he can look at his season two, Greg, and he can say this is what he can kind of expect at every track he goes to that he hasn't seen before, right? Mm-hmm. He got to test here at this track. So there was a big bit of an advantage. And people that know me, we were just talking about this today here at Coda about Baz and some of the tracks he's going to have to go learn. There is no such thing as a home track advantage. That said, the problem with Moto2 is, you know, when you sit there and you think about One Lap Wonders, there's a lot of our friends that we've had in the past that could just, you know, just put on a cue and just go rip one off. And, I mean, Steve Rapp always comes to mind with that. Um, There's a a number of guys. James Randolph. James Randolph. A lot of guys, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that um, uh, he – He's got eight, eight or eighteen of those one lap wonder guys that can do that. So you think about where you gotta put yourself in track position. You gotta rely on your team to put you in a good place when you come in and get a tire. You gotta be very cognizant of where you stand all the time to get that one special lap and you literally can't make a mistake. So when he goes to some tracks that he hasn't tested at, it's gonna be even more important for him to Get up to speed quick and make sure that when he's ready to put that one tire, that one time in, he's got to be able to be ready for
0: it. Yeah. The other thing to remember, too, is that the majority of the people he's racing in Moto2 have been racing multiple years on the same circuits because Moto3 and then into Moto2. There are I agree with you that there's no home track advantage, but I will say, argue that there are some things that you can pick up if you've been there years and years or maybe Uh even sections of racetrack that you're just so confident in you've never crashed
1: in you know what i mean like i think that he's gone to the hardest track that he's gonna have to learn already really portamao oh portamao yeah yep. okay yep. he's been there yeah, yeah. Qatar's yeah. not that qatar qatar's got nuances that are difficult but i think that of the tracks that i know that i have been to over there that that when you look at the challenges that portamao has um i think they're a lot greater than a lot of the tracks that he's going to go to now there's some tracks i haven't been to i've never been to magella or some saxon of those Ring. other places uh, sex and ring. Um, Damian Cudlin has told me about that place. I don't think it there's, looks really tricky. Uh, it, it's a lot of elevation.
0: Yeah a lot of, yeah. a lot of
1: elevation, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, there's only what two or three left hand turns there. So, I mean, uh right hand turns. Yeah, that's right. So, it's a so, trackers dream, so Um right? he's going to be probably okay there. Um, but, but I think both our guys, I mean, Joe Roberts ended up six where he was, he was always there within the shot. You could always see him back there in camera view. Um, I'm sure he's going to be a guy that is going to be itching this weekend to get back to to Doha. So these guys are going to be going back. I'll tell you one thing, though, too, that I was very, very impressed with in this race. We did have six non-finishers. Chandra, Vierge, uh Vieira uh, uh Hafiz Sarain, uh, Baldessari, and Marcos Ramirez, who actually just did one lap and pulled in. Um, from Plus, a, from an injury wrist, that he had. Yeah, 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 it's a wrist or something That's for him. So you have five non-finishers, but I was really impressed with the lack of attrition. And to me, that just makes Joe sixth and uh, Cameron's 11th even more impressive. And I think as the year goes, both those guys are going continue, to continue to climb, mm-hmm. you know, continue to climb forward. When we look at Moto3, you know, Greg <sighs> made mention of it before the start or right when we started our podcast. If you don't watch Moto3, like you literally... On the weekends where I don't get to really watch the TV, I always watch Moto3 first. And I go the exact order that they do the races on the race day. Because we got in so late the other night, we were both kind of, uh, or I was, especially Greg already knew the results. I do my best to not try to find the results out. And I managed to do that all day at Chuckwalla. But really, when you look at it, Jami Masia, I mean, there's certain guys now, because you and I started really following Moto3 five, six years ago.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So now I really... I'm intrigued because we've seen these guys in the series now for three, four, five years, you know. Jamie Masi has been around a little bit, and he ends up winning this race by nothing over Pedro Acosta, <laughs> uh, his teammate, um, I mean, literally by nothing. And literally by nothing, again, over Darren Binder, who was my pick this year to win this championship. Um, just four tenths behind those guys is Sergio Garcia. Gabriel Rodrigo is fifth. Antonelli ends up sixth after leading late or being up front late. Um, I believe Izan Guevara, he's a rookie. So he ends up seventh and he's less than a second off, Greg. The first seven bikes come across the line basically blanketed. Then we had Suzuki. There would have been more, but the, last lap attrition, right? Yep, yep. A little bit of attrition and a huge takeout move uh that we'll talk about in a minute that mm. was impressive. I haven't heard of any of them. Mm. I haven't heard of the I have I've yet to hear about what the penalties are going to be on Artigas. I think his name is Xavier Artigas. I believe is the one that did that. But uh, that was a pretty big takeout. Very impressive. Suzuki Toba are <laughs> are eighth and ninth. And then um, Jason. I'm gonna get you to get this one. I heard them talking about him a little bit. Polish rider Dupasquier, I believe it is. Anyways, yeah, Dup- he a Swiss up, rider Jason he tenth
0: Dupasquier. I think it's yep. French, but that's part of you know Switzerland. So yeah.
1: I thought they said he was Polish, though. That was interesting. Okay.
0: No. Fanati, maybe, maybe he is in some reason. He's listed as nationality in Switzerland. But...
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about this? How about how about Romano Fanati? And you and I are talking about this in the race, too. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is about him. He just always seems to find something happens to him in the race. Dude, he is the a... guy ends up 11th after two long lap penalties. Not one. Two. Let if me he... ask you this. If Fanati was a golfer, how often would he be in a hazard? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he might just throw his own ball in there, and not even hit it there. That's what it's right. like it's just it's it's yeah. And you remember last year? I don't know if you remember last year, but last year he took the long lap penalty and he wasn't required to. Yes. So it's just it's it's always something. The guy ends up two point three seconds off the win with two long lap penalties. We saw McPhee do that last year. I think at Le Mans, he had a long lap penalty and and came back and put it on the podium. Uh, Tate ends up twelfth. Salik. Ends up thirteenth, uh, Yamanaka and Kofler round out the top fifteen. Now, I you know there's so many things that you can take away from this, but just pure chaos. 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 How, the, how, how bad? How bad uh, is John McPhee's luck? Well, yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> we, when we talk about it, you're going to look at Sasaki McPhee and Mino are absolutely cleaned out by Xavier Artigas and. You know, I'm sure that there was a probably a pretty big sit down with the rookie after that race. I don't, I'm sure his penalty is going to be a back of the grid start. I haven't heard any of this, but that's what I'm going to assume. If we look at what's kind of been set in the past, uh, yeah, McPhee was extremely unlucky there.
0: I mean, they all were. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was just, a bowling ball situation. Yeah, this dude just came in and just, I don't know, forgot where the brake lever yeah, was. I mean, I mean, he was, it was three wide going in there. He decides to try to make some room up the inside. And the definition of a bowling ball, really. I mean, it was like he was the ball and he knocked down three pins. It was crazy. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like a, it was like a crazy split, but absolutely nuts race. I, I I don't even know what to say. I mean, the greatest thing. They were coming
1: across seven wide, Greg, some of the, some of the That's what I'm saying, Jay. Like,
0: it's so weird how in Moto3, if you don't have eyes on the, in the back of your head and on the side, like. It's almost like you need blind spot protection sometimes. Yeah. The feeling, the feel of the Moto3 riders to understand who's around them and and what space they have available and still be able to maintain the speed that they do is incredible. They should have, in theory, more attrition than they do. Yeah, It's such an entertaining race, but I do have to say when I do watch it, I'm tense. I'm more tense than uh, any. I'm right? just,
1: yeah, but don't, don't you think that like, I think I've said this in the podcast before, any racing that you've done after Moto3 will be easy. That's what I'm thinking. Anything. I, I mean, Moto2 is extremely competitive, but if you watch kind of the way those races plan out, if you watch this last weekend, it was exciting because Lowe's basically had a second lead over Fernandez most of the race with the chasing pack continuously trying to gnaw away. Mm-hmm. These guys, every single lap are going seven wide down the front straightaway. You're going from first to seventh to eighth in in you know the length of a straightaway. And then the next lap around, you're coming out of the last corner at eighth and you're ending up first at the end of the straightaway. Yeah. And, it, and it's not just like this at Doha. It's like this everywhere these guys go. You don't really ever really see runaway winners. That's why when we do see that, you and I are so blown away by what we see. So when you look at things, um, Jami Masia comes out on top of Pedro Acosta, Darren Bender, who, again, I think is going to be there all season
0: long. Yeah, I agree with you. And by the way, if, if you haven't seen it online, at MotoGP.com, They have a new graphics package that shows the groups, and the track is going by, and it kind of shows you the accordion effect, and it's a really neat graphic. But it it would be more effective if you had a race spread out. In Moto 3, they had to have like this group of ten people packed on top of each other, and you (laughs) couldn't really distinguish
1: it. And then you—that's what you were explaining to me, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I was. I was like, "Greg, what's this?" And it was a new.
0: It was a new graphic. Yeah, that was absolutely wonderful, but yeah so that is your your moto gp stuff um do you want to look ahead to this week i mean well let's just look at the MotoGP gp class specifically yeah. uh, do you think it's going to be any different
1: uh you know i think it, it's it's again it's going to be an interesting case i think um suzuki obviously hasn't found their way to the front in qualifying i mean juan mir had to go through q1 to get to q2 um morbidelli i mean morbidelli we, we we don't even the hardest part for him is going to be he didn't get those laps mm-hmm. you know how we always talk about on our telecasts that guys that didn't finish the race on the first day they got to come back the second day that the big disadvantage is they didn't get all the laps to learn so whatever their setup was going into race one is going to be what their setup is in race two because they didn't get enough laps to really try anything i think morbidelli is going to throw his name in that hat i got to think that with the Yamaha being what it is, when you look at Morbidelli and what he was able to do with it at the end of the year, you'd like to think that he's going to be able to to go through with Vinales if he would have been there as well. Um, but what's going to happen with Miller? There's some questions that I think that we're going to get answered here this weekend and, and see how it goes. The question I have for you is, will you be home to actually watch the race this weekend or are you back on the road?
0: No, nope. I know I get to go home for a few days. Yeah,
1: I was supposed to be at Willow Springs, but I've had a couple things, unfortunately, come up and mm-hmm. it looks like I'm, I'm going to have to end up staying at home. So I'm a little bit bummed about that. Um, I've got some great, really great understanding students that, um, you know, we're just going to reschedule some things. But uh, I'll be home, it looks like, for the races. So I'll be able to watch them and, and kind of see what's going on there and, uh, and hopefully do a little bit better in the next thing you're going to talk about.
0: Which is MotoGP Fantasy. If you go to fantasy.motogp.com, we play MotoGP Fantasy. And it is fun, people. I mean, absolutely fun. Uh, If you go there, I mean, what I'll do is I'll link it uh, in the description. Meaning, like, if you're looking at this somewhere, you need to go to the description of the podcast. I'll link it there. Um, Because if I tell you, like, you go to fantasy.motogp.com and you search for leagues, it's like... F7-U-H-Z-V-W-Y is the yeah. code. But try to search for Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore with the apostrophe S. Right now, we have 193 people that are involved in this thing. It says it has got
1: 202 now.
0: Well, yeah. But, but this those is... are new ones that just came on. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yep. we have 193 people that are eligible to win the Arai helmet at the end of the year because they were in it you know, from the beginning. Yep. But we're going to be doing more prizes. Yes. Um, and... Let's talk a little bit about how it's done. So in essence, what happens, and you can read the instructions, but since it's early days.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just explain it to people yeah, a little right. bit. It's so, actually a lot of fun. To do. It's
0: a lot of fun. So you have a budget of $15 million. Isn't that right? 15 yeah, million? $15 million. $15 million. Each racer is assigned a value. And of course, that value changes each week. So what you do is you get to pick two riders that are your gold riders and two riders that are your silver. And then you get to pick a manufacturer, which is gold. Now, gold is full points. So if you win, you get 25 points if your rider does. It's more than that because there's actually points for qualifying, qualifying if your rider you gets into that. Q2. So those are extra points you can get. But gold is going to be max points. Silver is half points. Now, you have to pick up until qualifier number one you can pick. So right I try to get free practice three. Right? Yeah, basically right after free practice yeah. three is well, when I do it. They call it yeah. right. So once you pick your team and lock it in for your first race, you can only trade one of those five positions out A week one so but you can't go over the 15 million dollars you can go under the 15 million dollars which is fine so you've got to kind of be careful because if you're stuck with two riders it's going to take you two weeks to get rid of them you can with your riders, switch those riders between silver and gold. Correct. So, so that's as kind of as much as you want that, until until the deadline. Until the deadline. Until correct. the deadline. Exactly. So it's kind of fun because you really got to think about it. Because like when Marquez was racing, everybody's like, "I'm just going to get Marquez." and yep. You're going to spend all your money. So then you got to kind of find three mid pack people to fill out, and you don't know how they're going to do.
1: And you choose a manufacturer.
0: And choose so a manufacturer. To to choose a
1: manufacturer, you're going to get manufacturer points for the first two riders that are representing that brand. To come across the line now the last thing is greg is the turbo you're going to get one uh, turbo. Uh, motul turbo i think it is uh you get, you get three of them total so for the whole year so yeah, for the year yeah for the year so when you look at even who are leading now uh motoron one congrats you are ahead right now by a pretty decent margin as well nine points um over long long dog racing and 190 racing is in third. Now, the, all three of those guys used a turbo. So, when you really want to look at it, the guy in fourth right now, NH69 Fan Forever. So, we love that. But mm-hmm. for Nikki, yeah. He didn't use a turbo. And he's sitting there in fourth and he's got another guy behind him uh Farkin Racing who is fifth. Now, you gotta go look if, if for nothing else, go look at some of the names of people. Cause we were having oh a at that there the other day too. They're absolutely
0: great. priceless. Yep.
1: But Greg, I'm gonna say this. I don't say it out loud. I think you're smoking me this first week. Did you smoke me? I'm sorry. I, I was driving through a tunnel. Would you no? please repeat that? Hey, this might be this might be a podcast like like unlike no other. Like I got all kinds of good things to say about you in this podcast. Oh boy. But I can see a few people I know. I see Lugnut sixty nine. Um there i uh, who else uh, there's there's a bunch of other guys i saw um but none of my friends are really or any of our friends are really at the top are they i mean everybody no i think it
0: i think there were some people that got a little surprised i mean you know you would have to imagine that the people that use their turbos that are leading this way yeah eight point five points uh leads the way that they had to turbo the winner right like Correct. You, you've got to say that they turboed that so, but
1: I'm—I mean, Chuck is
0: 53rd, which Chuck Axlin, oh, who we're talking me, about, yeah. CEO. So, yeah, again, we're in our own thing. We're in our own thing. Rock and Kensen's back in yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for G-Paz being there. G paws is there. MK84,
1: who do identified himself, is there. G Dub is 73rd. I'm yeah. 80. I'm 131st. Oh my god! Could you repeat that, yeah, please? I'm, I'm 131st. <sighs> I
0: stink. I absolutely stink. Dude, it's, like, it's like I just got done with a marathon and then got into a sauna yeah, well, and that warm
1: feeling that you get. Of yeah, recovery. well, okay. I'm Listen trying to, to be nice here. Stuff. And you talking about being in a marathon. We both know. Uh, what? Yeah. Well, I'm going to um, be nice because you are beating me in this. and But we got a lot of racing to go. So. Mass holes at 104. Yep. Love the mass hole. A lot of racing. And, Colb, stop being such a hater. What is the deal with Colby? He's got like a little light fuse, doesn't he? And then he's like, oh, fantasy. I'm not short fuse. fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. I'm not gonna do it. It's I'm like, dude, why don't do you get just out your comfort just zone and give it a go? It just doesn't interest me. There's like, no risk, Colb. Okay, it's like it's going not to like another gets, racetrack or going dirt yeah. track. Oh, it just doesn't interest me. Unless he has his little unless he has his little cowie on his dunlops and he gets to go right around Chuck Walla, his little comfort zone. He's just not interested,
0: you know? Come on, Colb. It's not like you're gonna get stuffed up the inside at the he's bowl on a four hundred again. It's not, that's fine. It's not like you're gonna get stuffed up the inside of turn sixteen. Again, it's not like you're going to get drafted and passed and stuffed into turn four again. Yeah, well, I don't mean to to get ahead of myself. Like all of us are doing this and you think that's the
1: least he could do. Greg, we are here. Finally, (laughs) we are here for the Moto America test. We are. Today was day one here at Coda, And I think that we there was a lot of things kind of buzzing about uh, that we were wanting to see. Mm -hmm. And we were wanting to know this morning. We got some answers. We got some answers. I really love what our TV crew is doing with the writers this year. And as far as the show is going to be, it's going to, you know, there's going to be some, some different things on the lead ups to our shows. And then um, we were pretty lucky because we got to be with Hannah and Jamie and you and I got to do a little bit of part of that. They decided to suck us into this thing this morning. Can't wait till
0: the internet lights up with those heckles.
1: I I felt for like an idiot. Us. Yeah, for us. Yeah. yeah. No, we're gonna get yeah. ripped apart. Yeah. It's gonna be beauty Hannah and the two beasts. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, Hannah can't stop her pageant poses, which no, was, she cannot. Oh which my god, awesome. it was absolutely wonderful. To Jamie's do that. just Jamie. She's just like yeah. she's a gem. Jamie Howe's the best. Yep, Jamie Howe's awesome. So the four of us had a few things to do today. And it was great seeing, you know, Chuck Asklin, uh, Paul Carruthers, Sean Bice, all the guys from Otta America that we've grown to know. But, you know, I think everybody was here for the one reason. That was to see Exactly what was going to happen in Superbike, coming to Coda. A track that hopefully at the end of the year we do get to come to, possibly. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But at the end of the day, Greg, I think a lot of us wanted to see how Loris Baz was going to make his debut. Uh, Yeah. And it was a good one. (laughs) 2.085 to lead Jake Gagne by 7 tenths of a second. I thought Gagne looked amazing today. I was really happy to see how good he looked. Um, Baz, obviously, with as much talent as he has, Getting on this Ducati, I think, is going to be a formidable weapon for for the Yamaha boys at attack. And when you look at it, uh, Baz came out swinging from, from the get-go. In session number three today, he nearly ran the whole session. like You and mm-hmm. I kind of did some uh, uh, Instagram live stuff, and he stayed out there for nearly the whole time. So he ends up going 2085. What was the race lap record here, 2089 or 2087? Yeah,
0: so it was... 2019 Josh Heron, 208.99. Yeah.
1: So he's almost already half a second underneath The that. outright
0: record on qualifier, on Dunlop Q's, because this is a Dunlop test, but yeah. on Dunlop Q's was Roger Hayden back in 17 at a 208.1. Yeah. So Baz is only four-tenths of a second off on race tires. Now, I think he might have had the opportunity to put a soft on. Because yeah. he's, he's been racing on a harder compound tire. But nonetheless, a soft is no Q. No. And, and, he came in, and we still and he have came a day in. left.
1: Yeah, he came in. A, a, I, I think tomorrow he'll go sevens. So I really do believe that. Um, I thought it was a strong, strong day sevens. for Gagne and Matthew Schultz. Both those guys, Matthew Schultz and Baz rode around a lot together. Um, when they got onto the back straightaway today, uh, Greg and I were lucky enough to go up to the the dakota what do they call the monument there that we climbed up uh, it's a tower yeah it's Basically, a tower it a but tower. it's got a name i just can't think of what it is I but remember, yeah. anyways we went up there and we watched all of session number three from that tower today and when they went out initially i positioned myself to watch how uh the westby yamaha came down the back straightaway, along with uh with the warhorse hspk racing ducati and there wasn't it wasn't that big of a difference mm-hmm. like i was Yeah, I was, I was interesting watching that. And those guys did 10 laps without coming in. Probably this is a long track. Yeah. Bobby Fong talked to him a little bit tonight before he left. They had a technical problem with one of the swing arms that they're trying to get sorted out. So he had to throw another swing arm on that bike uh, today. And he says, you know, Jay goes, I went out and I did that lap time at the end. He said, but he was sticking his neck out. Whereas this morning with the other swing arm that he had on there, I believe uh, he told me, he's like, I could just go out and I could run the times I wanted to run. I felt Mm. very comfortable. So he was optimistic uh this evening as I talked to him and team principal John Ulrich there um in the pits. Cam Peterson ends up fifth in his debut on that M4X Star Suzuki in the superbike class. He ends up two ten six, about two seconds off where Baz was. I think again, I think it's a pretty solid debut for a guy that deserves that ride. Who Cam Peterson, no yeah.
0: doubt, but he's not hundred percent either. Correct. So he he did hurt his foot a couple weeks ago. There's and a he- lot of
1: our guys beat up. Huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to train. So, you know, we've been through this for 20 plus years. People are like, why are you going (laughs) to risk it? It's like, because you've got to train, you know, it's not like you can get on road race bikes every single day, like you can a motocross bike. So it happens. I think it was just a bit of a moto accident and Cam's a really good motocross rider. So hopefully he'll heal up in the next few weeks and, uh, and maybe he'll find some more speed tomorrow, but you know, not piling in a ton of laps at the end of the day. You know, to give you an idea, I mean, Baz did 12 laps in the last, you know, practice number four, Gagne did eight, Matthew Schultz did 11, Bobby Fong only did six, and Cam Peterson did seven. Yeah. So, other than like Max Flinders, David Anthony, and Jeffrey Perker only did like four, four, and three, you know, that's kind of a being in single digits, you know, where Heron did 11, Jason Uribe did 10. So,
1: yeah, and Heron ends up sixth. Talk to him a little bit. You know, I saw him after the third one, and he was just basically like, guys, He's like, I just have such a hard time testing. I have such a hard time kind of uh, getting out there and just going and ripping off a lap. Um, or two, or, or putting a bunch of laps together. Because right now, when you look at it, he's almost two and a half seconds off. And I know he doesn't want to be that far back. So, no, and that's not a know, representation Josh of his being, talent at all no. or the work that they've done. Agreed. And so, him being sixth right now, um, I don't think that is where he wants Ooh, to The be. other thing I want to mention so. about the
0: M4X Star Suzuki team, of course, is this is their first go at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't had a chance to test. Chris Owens was quoted as saying, yeah, like the weather's been bad, where this is the third. Or fourth. So just say third test for the freshman lean attack performance Yamaha yeah. team. because they they've, spend, been they've been going to Buttonwillow. They've yeah.
1: been going to Buttonwillow. Yeah. And the Ducati tested at Crescent, Texas here earlier this week, you said.
0: Yeah, it was a shakedown just to get Just to, just get to some make things. sure the bike ran yeah.
1: and make sure it went yeah. around in circles. Brand
0: new surface over there, and they were really pumped, but I think it was a little dirty maybe. And yeah. You know loris baz who's obviously been racing at the world championship for the last few years went to in texas and was like well that's that's different it's interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. it didn't slam it you know what no. i mean the warhorse hsbk racing ducati new york i gotta say that because we have warhorse hsbk racing ducati new york we have Fresh and Lean attack performance yamaha Good luck m4x sure. star suzuki fly racing adr motorsports it's we, we've got some mouthfuls we do but speaking of that jason if you look at that we also had a couple of super stock riders that were out there. Jake Lewis, Ashton Yates, Hunter Dunham, and Wyatt Ferris. Jake Lewis, back in action. So pumped to have him back. He's such a smiling face. Altus Motorsports. He goes 214-121 1, 1 to lead the stock 1,000. Uh, Ashton Yates out there at a 215-7. So 1.6 off on the Jones Honda. But for you Honda fans, the new CBR 1000RR-RR. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, man. The news reports are that this bike in 100 percent stock form before they put the pipe on it i believe makes the exact same horsepower as his race bike from yeah. there last year
1: and it sounds amazing yeah i talked to him today also i i kind of uh kind of got around a little bit today and i was able to talk to a few of these guys and yeah he was he was definitely happier with the bike than the one he was on before uh they this is literally the first time the bike went around anything today so i wonder for, how many
0: miles broken breaking yeah, miles no they kidding. had on it
1: no kidding but he's only 1.6 off of jake lewis which is the bike that won the championship last year, the one Jake Lewis is on. So, yeah. um, and we know Jake Lewis is still getting up to speed. And there's going to be a number of our superstar competitors that aren't at this test that we're going to be looking for Stefano Mesa's, um, Corey Alexander, Michael Gilbert. There's going to be some of these guys that aren't here. Hunter Dunham ended up third. White Ferris, another guy who's beat up, um, he fell on a mountain bike um, oh, he? on Wednesday Oh crap. and tore up his shoulder. And so that was why when I was watching the day, I was looking at Wyatt and I was like, what is going on with Wyatt out there? That was what the problem was. Uh, Greg, Wyatt Ferris, Bad luck, um, man hurting just a little bit. And he, if there's a guy that I know that isn't the kind of guy that's just going to go out and do something stupid, it's Wyatt. And, yeah. um, you know, training accidents happen. Now, Fast forward just to real quickly. We're going to look at some super sport times, and if this is any indication of the year where we have ahead of us, oh boy, oh boy, Richie Escalante ends up two almost two and a half seconds ahead of SDK. And Greg and I looked up some times tonight. Well, I kind of pressed Greg into doing this because I'm not very good at looking stuff up, but right, is that, <laughs> factory is that, Jason, yeah, that's pretty true. But
0: hey, crew chief, can you handle in this?
1: 2017. These guys were going two twelves around here on yeah. the Yamahas and the bees too. Yes. Yeah, all three of those guys. So, but, di- but a little different
0: configuration. That was l- little we bit still different. had Super Sport and Super Stock, Super Stock 600. So Correct. this is kind of a blending of the two is what we got in 18, 19, yep. and so on. So
1: Escalante goes 214.9 today, which when you look at the time in the screen, you go like, oh, my gosh, he's killing everybody. But knowing that these guys, that there were some 600s that, even though the rules were a little different, there were some that got around here in the 212 ranges. Uh, it's still a long way off that. But SDK is 217.4. Which is concerning. Xavier Zayat is 218.7. Then we had Thermiotis. Max Max Angles is back, which was good because remember, he got hurt at Pittsburgh last mm-hmm. year, I believe, collarbone. So he's back. Rocco Landers ends up sixth.
0: But again, this uh, is practice number, number four. four. We don't have we don't all have the combined, combined time. time. Correct. So, because in that session, Rocco only got two laps. Two laps.
1: Mm-hmm. Nolan Lampkin had some clutch issues and things talking to him. Sam Lockoff is beat up. Sam Lockoff uh, got cleaned out at a track day. <clears throat> at Jennings Florida last or oh. a couple of weeks ago so another guy that's a little bit beat up Zaragoza Horwitz and Irstein uh rounded out kind of the top 11. um you know th- again it, this is a test where not every one of our teams are here not every one of the the riders crew chiefs and things that are, are are here at this one so as let, let me let me address
0: way. the SDK stuff because yeah. I talked to Sean Dylan Kelly so you know they finally were able to to get the deal done with the m4x star suzuki team i think like a week before daytona so this is really his first time getting on the bike again uh you know a non-daytona bike kind of thing and he said listen the best the way i can put it is we're here in texas and he said when we started the day the bike was in japan he said by the end of the day the bike's in mexico it's that close like that's how far it was that's how close it is in terms of the setup Also keep in mind that it's SDK's first time ever at Coda.
1: Yep. That's right. He's never been here. He's only 18 years old. He's never been here before. Correct. So he was like,
0: or Rocco, right? Like, so a couple of these riders. Yep. So, you know, he's learning a little bit and he expects more tomorrow, you know? Um, And I'm, I think SDK is going to be fine. Oh, you know, he's going to be fine. I think really, you know, SDK was, was hoping like a young rider should. Yep. That he was going to get on a super bike or he's going to go to Europe. He's here. He's in the States. He's motivated. He's motivated to try to win this championship. The Richie Escalante thing is is interesting because the quote that I saw um, on roadracingworld.com that that, uh, Dave Schwartz had done, I think yesterday, was that there was not the weight on the bike. Because if you hadn't heard, there's been a rule change with Moto America, and they're adding, I believe, eight pounds to the Kawasaki Ninja ZX6R because of the extra displacement. And there's not the extra weight on the bike. Now, the extra weight on the bike is not worth 2.4 seconds. I don't care what you say. I agree with you. But it's going to be different. And I'm not sure why. And I've got to go down and and talk to the the Honos Racing Team and and find out what's going on there. Um, But Richie Escalante still shredding. I mean, he dipped into the 14s like I dipped into the 57s at this point. Oh,
1: God. We're going to talk about that. I'm not even looking forward to that part of the show. I'll warn everybody that you can log off when that part of the show comes up. Some of the junior cuppers were here banglotti leads the way some new names greg that we're gonna have to learn hayden bickneys and avery dreher max Vandenbroek, chase black jack vandal i know we've seen brady Fors before i believe uh kale Asman, drew vandal jack roach didn't even get out for the last two sessions they just couldn't get his bike started there's something going on with it mm-hmm. didn't really get into that too much ethan cook and chris L- lilligard are here on some twins cup bikes so we've only got a couple of those. So both those guys looking good on those twins bikes. Yeah, and they both like ran we, the exact same time. Yeah, and we were up, we and were they, up watching, they were it, and there's some really good lines
0: that they're running. They look really smooth. So yeah, yeah, Ben Gladi looks really strong. I think I Jack think Roach gonna be, is also. He's going to be a hard good.
1: one this year, Ben. He's been around a little bit. You know, he kind of knows the ropes of the series. Uh, no Rocco, no Dom. Ben Gladi was there a lot last year, so I kind of expect him to be there. So we're going to be going to day two tomorrow. The tests. Um, when are we? When are you posting this?
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this tomorrow night. So Wednesday night when you're hearing this, uh, it'll be after the, the, the test So me telling hour.
1: everybody right now that I'll be going to Instagram Live tomorrow just doesn't really matter.
0: No, not right now. Yeah, well, there you but go. But the fact that Jason Pridmore went Instagram Live today for the first time in Amazing. his life was astonishing. And he did yeah. it twice, people. And he's going to do it again. But
1: but no, you no, wouldn't know that if you're listening to this right
0: now. No, but the best thing to yeah. do is, is make a post on Instagram and say, tomorrow, I'm going to go Instagram Live. So keep the Instagram open. I'm Jason Pridmore.
1: Your host. Oh, there you go. Or something okay. along Let's, those lines. And you're supposed to lead us into this next one, but I'm going to. No. I'm going okay. right. to do it. One. I don't care. Whatever's on. So the last couple of months, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, Battle of the Olds. And it really is more than that. I mean, this was a week that it was kind of uh, out in, out at um, Walla. I mean, everybody knows, that, you know, we do a lot of things out there. And CVMA race weekend was this last weekend. Battle of the Olds was happening between Greg White and my buddy, David Cole. Now, David's background is essentially... Six, seven years ago, he, I mean, he could push a bike around every track. I mean, over. let's
0: face the fact, okay? Right. His gamer tag, his Instagram handle,
1: rolling chicane. rolling chicane. Yes, he's rolling and chicane.
0: And that, that said it all. Yeah, but he said really isn't all. anymore. I not mean, anymore. I think he didn't say it. So,
1: so when you look at it, it was really meant to be kind of a fun thing, and it really was. And there's so many people that we're going to probably end up thanking in this podcast here along the way uh, that made this week happen. But to give you guys a little bit of a rundown of what went down, two weeks ago, Greg came out. And jumped on um, David's spare bike and did, did some laps. And there Kawasaki was ZX-6R. Kawasaki ZX-6R. Greg came out in his touring leathers, his two-piece suit zipped together. <laughs> that was really cute because he couldn't get in his one-piece. That's the only fat shaming I'm going to do right now. No, okay? it's not. <laughs> No, it is. It really is. It, it is. Because we got to get you in a one-piece. Would you not agree? Well, yeah. I with mean, an airbag and, and, and all and that, that stuff. Right? Alpine Stars
0: has a one-piece, just well, not in the States that was available. But it's not about it's not about getting me in a suit now. It's about it's about getting more fit and more race-ready so I can get into f- Any fit.
1: A tuck. Any fit. I was fit. It's any fit. Did I ever come in and say I was tired? Ever. Well, no, but but I'm saying you're lugging around an extra – I said I wasn't going to do it, so I'm not going to do it. But you're lugging around a couple <laughs> extra pounds, okay? And the thing is no, – let's, be, let's, no, be, honest straight let's up, be honest with people. Let's be
0: honest right? with people because – Here's the thing. We did a weigh in, okay? Kolb in his helmets, boots, gloves, leathers, and me helmets, boots, gloves, leather, and helmet. Whatever, whatever I just said. Yeah, I know.
1: Everybody knows what you're saying.
0: I'm 80 pounds, <laughs> 80 pounds heavier.
1: How How are you supposed to? I mean, I mean, I don't even know. And we
0: raced Ninja 400s.
1: Yeah, but how much does a Ninja 400 weigh?
0: But it doesn't matter. No, I'm just curious. If you say I'm seven pounds to draw is a horsepower. Plow. Say seven height. pounds of horsepower. Right. I'm giving away 11 horsepower. to By Colvin. the time
1: this podcast is over, we're going to say that you beat Cole on the 400. There's no doubt. Anyways, Go ahead. no. But what I'm saying is, is and I and I'm looking right across at him right now. When I'm telling him this. You rode amazing. You really did. You rode. This guy hasn't been really on a road race track, and I mean, it says he says six years, and that was at some road test that you did at Chuck Waller. No, right? that, was like, but that was four years ago. That was one day in six years. Yeah. So he's done one day in six years. This guy and. And let me tell you, like when he came out there, his first couple laps around were like two eighteen.
0: Yeah, and we my were all. Session, was, my fastest was Kevin sends me a,
1: Kevin Kevin the, the owner of the track, Wyatt, yep. Yep. he sends me a picture from pit wall that day <laughs> we've got some work to do
0: <laughs> dude he was on kevin was on the wall the first day that's like yeah, whatever
1: yeah. two weeks ago and he looked like a coach He's, and, and dude he I, was a I, whistle
0: i came in and thought my hair was on fire and i was oh. huffing and puffing i was so tight my hands were tight i go "Kev, how was that he goes 218 i go what oh. is that? what do you mean he goes your fastest was a 218 and, oh, I, and I just just put my head yeah. down and drove but
1: it. by the end of that day you were down like 207 and no. then we so we chipped away uh-huh. on it Monday We got down to 202. That was like Saturday. You rode, like, yeah, you were like 210
0: and then 2-7.
1: Yeah, I rode Sunday, Monday, Sunday. Tuesday. That's I correct. Saturday. So, Monday, that was Sunday. You were mm-hmm. like down 207. Monday, we got you down like 202 or 204 or something like that. And then, and then the best, the best, Tuesday I, you did better.
0: The, no, the best I had ever done was a 2027. That was the last session on Tuesday. Tuesday. Correct.
1: That's correct. So, and then I went home. We chipped away. And so, but. But I will tell you this, when Greg was like at 218 or 2 so 7, somewhere in between there, I said he'd do 57s. I said, You're gonna do 57. I remember 59, I don't remember 57. Well, 59 I might have been like down the podcast, but I remember early I was at 57.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. But then by the time we got to the podcast, well, I saw you ride, yeah. Seconds. I was a little worried.
1: But anyways, I think fun was had by all. Greg ends up going a minute 57-9 on his last lap, last round, last lap around the track goes 57-9. And passes my good boy, my man John Moshe, in the last turn, turn sixteen. Mm. Couldn't have been and John Moshe would have been cracking up about it all the way across the line. Yeah. how he you known it was me? Well, now, which yeah, he didn't. He, which is just totally Moshe, just a space cadet. Um, but like the whole weekend, with the exception of Simon not being able to ride, was just a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have just been icing on the cake if Simon wouldn't have got hurt a couple weeks prior. In fact, an hour before you showed up at the track on Sunday or Saturday he tipped off and broke his collarbone. So when you look at it, ribs. Uh, ri- uh, yeah, but he kind of Well, We thought he broke his collarbone too, but yeah, yeah. he did ribs. ribs. Didn't he? Um, but, but overall the race weekend for me was just seeing all of our friends there. We had a number of just, we got Greg arrested by the cops. Oh my God. Yeah. They, for an impersonating a road racer. Fans um, came out. We have fans come out, Tim and, um, and this boy came out. God, I'm sorry. I'm just drawing a blank. No problem. But, but we had dozens of donuts that were ate donuts come Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah we had a lot um, of people out we there we just had we just had a blast and you know the thing for me was just uh, being able to see you get back on a bike and um, enjoy enjoy it again i mean it looked like you were genuinely just having a good time
0: yeah it was it was a lot of fun so basically the way CVMA works which is the Chuckwalla Race Organization they have the winter series that runs all winter long which is great it's something that if you're a motorcycle racer, you need to figure out how to get out there and race a series. It's really well organized. It was a lot of fun. The paddock is very welcoming. But they run basically a full program on Saturday, full program on Sunday. So Kolb and I actually raced during the races. And it was, you know, with everyone else. Um, and they do qualification, which is nice. And they put you on the grid. But they do break you up into waves with your group. So we raced uh, feellikeapro.com. They rent Ninja 400s, either in kind of super duper trim or in our case we raced stock ones i think the only thing was some basically like body work for the most part stock pipes and everything we had dunlop slicks on them which was great it lasted all practice all qualifying and all races you know in one set so that was that was really a fun way to go though really teaches you a lot about riding a bike so the short of it is is that Colb and i ended up practicing together and we were at 2.12 flat for me, 2.12 three for Kolb So I was like, great. And we got both got off there and we we're like, oh, we're racing because we practiced together. So it was like, we're, we're going to race this thing. There's no pretending or anything else. So we get out in the race and we're racing each other up. And, you know, I'm a big dude. I can't draft and pass Colb very mentioned often. we that you're a big dude? I'm a big, bigger all? dude. Hey, listen, <laughs> the guy Simon, by the way, we're talking about. Uh he Simon Barrett, he was the he and his company were the ones that put together the promo video, if you saw it. The we don- yeah. I mean, were calling it the donut video. Yeah. But you could tell there at the end, Colb and I are standing toe to toe. And I think I'm about seven feet taller than he is. <laughs> so nonetheless, yeah. we get out racing and everything else, and we're we're dicing it up a bit. And we he, he on the on the last lap, he made a little mistake down at the bottom of turn ten. And then it's a right hander that leads you up the back straightaway to eleven and twelve in the bowl. So I was able to get by him. So so I get by him. Initially, we get to the top of the hill and he was side by side with me. And I was like, I don't I don't even care. Go ahead, Cole. Hold on. At
1: this point, you're bigger and better anyway. It's just going to run him off the track. Yeah, exactly. But he's got
0: position on me. But I was like, I don't even care. I'm not letting off till he does. So he lets off. I roll in. I lead him all the way through the bowl. uh, Turns 14 and 15. And I know he's gonna try me at the entrance of sixteen. So it's 16s a right hander. It's kind of off camber. Then you flick back over to 17. Essentially the last turn
1: on the track. Yeah, it's
0: essentially the last turn of the track. <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna slide up the inside here and try to block the, you know, inside line. But dude, I haven't raced in a long time. So what I thought was blocking the apex and kind of, you know, pole putting. Yep. Yeah. He just snuck right underneath me. Yeah, Didn't surprise me, but just snuck underneath me, but ran wide. So I went right back underneath him. Now we're side by side through 16, but he's on the outside. And you're right-hander, and you got to flick it back up. So when he flicks it back up, he's got position on me. And that's it. I lost
1: by what half a bike length. Yeah. or something Isn't there? Like that? Wasn't there some part of you that looks back at that and goes, "God, if I could have just reached out and horse collar tackled, tackled him or something, you probably could have reached over and grabbed him." You have no idea. I mean, I can only imagine. Great. No idea. Greg how cried about I this am. to me. It was so great because she's like, "I'm so mad I lost that." I'm like, "Ah, it's no big deal." Oh, I'm so pissed off. He was. Great was like frothing because we had an advantage early in the week. Cole. Cole, you know. <laughs> oh my God. Dell it. Well, I mean, Cole was just—he's—he's he's just his little fuse was again. <laughs> Greg and him went out to do it. Just practice First on these practice. bikes. Yep. Like I said, feel like a pro brings these bikes. Cole's never ridden a 400. Goes out and does two laps and then just throws all the toys out of the pram. Just they just He emptied the sandbox. Oh my gosh. So he's, <laughs> he's 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 pouting while you're still out there doing laps. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't you still out there? Oh, I was just so frustrated, this and that. So yeah. I
0: go ahead and say it you want me to tell well, him. Go that. ahead, tell the story. It's hilarious. So Love Cole, you, Cole, by the way.
1: So cool. I don't. I don't. Fine. Okay. Well, I know I do. He knows I do. So,
0: well, I love you from a distance. No, so this is a good one <laughs> for
1: all of you guys that ride, you know, lightweight bikes. Cole's like, I need you to tell me, you know, like, what gear do I, what, what gear am I supposed to be in?
0: Like, Jason's ridden a 400 on ridden the day. I
1: don't know if I've ridden a 400 on there. I okay, think I have. Ever. Like, I think You've I stock a one. Oh, have I've stocked 300. I've had a 400? stock 400, I think, once that we, anyways. So I told Cole, I said, listen, this is what you got to do. You got to be in third gear up the front straightaway, wide open. And he goes, I knew it. I, I, I was going to fourth. That's where I made my mistake. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you really screwed that up. I said, then when you get to turn one, you got to upshift to fifth or sixth. And then he called me son of a bitch. Oh, wow. Yeah. How mean. Yeah. But but then he sorted it out like I knew he would. And you see how happy. Dude, did he sort how, it out? He was, like a, he was like he was. a four-year-old girl oh, who just got her first freaking Barbie
0: doll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was jumping off the bike. I got it. Oh, I got it. So I got fun, figured it figured out. Insane. You know what I mean? And I was like,
1: uh-oh. That's your Formula 40 champion,
0: folks. David <laughs> Cole. <laughs> That yeah, is your Formula 40 yeah. champion. For two years in a row. Back-to-back back with back-to-back back pl-
1: hashtags. Fair Sorry. play. Back-to-back <laughs> back hashtags. Fair play to him. He went 50.7 in the race. You went 57.9. Everybody was happy. Everybody was healthy. That was the main yeah. thing for me, uh, making sure that you got out of there healthy. David had a good time. I, I mean, Dunlop, uh, oh Simon God, Barrett, Dunlop. Kevin from the Ono track. Um, Dale Kiefer. All- Yeah,
0: changing the tires. And by the way, the recommendations that Dale gives as well for compounds and stuff for the riders. I mean, he just, Dale is so dialed into your speed and what you need from a Dunlop tire and all that kind of stuff. It was great. Let let, let me, let me touch on this, on this, on this formula 40 middleweight races. Cole was just—I mean—he's literally racing for a championship. Yeah. Congratulations to him. He yep. wrapped it up in the first race on Saturday, but that was a race for the lead. And I, I just—I wasn't even close. So the fastest lap that I was able to do on Saturday in my race, back where I was, was a two minute point five. Two
1: flat point. When I want to
0: get off, Jason says, "Dude, you—you you, you can do sub two minutes, yep. easy. I'm telling you, tomorrow, yep. tomorrow, tomorrow." So it was great. Um, Greg's head was a little in the sand, but a little bit. But we—we uh, we actually uh teague who yes who, teague dan another guy we got to thank right um made a made a slight uh spring change because i was kind of out of springs i was running these really soft springs so he made a, a quick sp- spring change for us before he got on an airplane and, and came out to coda and um and that helped quite a bit and so in you know colb is off now and he's frothing at the mouth because he just wants to beat this dude and you know, he was already won the championship so bye bye colb so i'm just going like all right let's see how this race goes you know i I now have three race starts under my belt because I have two two four hundreds. By the way, no better way to come back to racing than racing of yeah, a four hundred, yeah. really. I mean, because everything happens so slow, you can yeah. really predict what people are doing. Anyway, so we get off to this deal. And next thing you know, one of the guys who's who's shares a garage with Colb and Jason, this guy John Moshe, is right out in front of me. Now I do have to say that what was great was that Moshe won his own personal best ever. On the, the day before, yeah. Oh, the weekend, oh, on the weekend. The, no, um, you're right, you're right. Uh, the oh, day yeah. before, you went 57-57-1. Yeah, so I, when things in that class, things sorted itself out by turn four. Yeah, you know, we kind of knew who's going to be where, and so we we kind of sorted all that out. Next thing you know, I'm you know, 20 bike lengths behind Moshe, and I'm like, man, if I can just stay with John,
1: he gave you kind of a reference of what you probably are yeah. going to be I'm able like, to do. Uh,
0: I guarantee you, he's going to drag me into the 59s. Yeah. the well, remember problem. before
1: you went out. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, great. Just, you can do this. You can get out in yeah. two minutes right now. It's yeah. going to happen. Just let it happen. Don't try any harder. Well, the
0: reality was I had earplugs in and couldn't hear anything because yeah, sure. they're race motors, but got I knew it. you were spitting in my helmet. <laughs> so I was just like, whatever, Jay. All right, we're good. So it's happened before. All you got to do is hold it pinned over yeah, turn yeah, two yeah. at Laguna, right? Exactly. Whatever. Yes. Anyway, so get going. And uh, and and I can't reel in, Mache, but I'm running the pace. And I'm like, this dude's dragging me to 59s, no problem. Didn't even think 58s. Didn't yeah. think 57. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. And then we we had thousands started behind us. So as they started to plow through, you know, it would kind of where they were. It would disrupt John, you guys. It would disrupt him a little bit. Yeah. I kind of reeled him in. Bottom line was we get to the last lap. I'm, I'm a decent distance behind him. And we do have GoPro of all this stuff. I'm a decent distance enough behind him. And I just decided to put my head down and go, go get him. And on a line that I really kind of learned from riding the 400 coming out of turn 15, just ran that thing all the way to the racetrack. And we ended up like, he was a wheel ahead of me, heading into turn 16, side by side. And I just made the same commitment. I said, no matter what happens at this point, I am going to just stuff this guy into 16 and make that big move. And I was able to do it and I parked him. And it was he was surprised, he said later, because he didn't actually hear me, even though I was on him a couple of times, he didn't hear it. And John was just trying to run his own race. Yep. And I was able to stuff him, take the left onto the front straightaway and uh and you guys i mean all the people that we need to thank we're on the wall you know between you that i have to thank you for this obviously colb for it um you know kevin and brooke the track owners were absolutely amazing uh, the, staff, of CVMA, the staff at cvma yep. the staff at cvma corner workers the paddock right. in general all the fans that came out that dunlop awry alpine stars and of course simon barrett who yep. ultimately you know jason and teague talked to simon because his bike is together it's fine with just a smash tank and simon said let greg ride my bike yeah, it wasn't even he didn't even think twice like Not he wasn't even nice. at the track and yeah i so you're gonna do it again right so anyway and you know i crossed the line and that was yeah, the 50 the 57 9 which is moderately respectable well, you gotta
1: understand if you've never been Walla, two minutes is kind of like like what everybody wants to get on mm-hmm. everybody Everybody, like, that's kind of the number that people have. When they're doing 205s, it's like, oh, if I can just do two minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, so the fact that you went 57.9. Um, but Cole, you know, I mean, you know, Cole now has the,
0: this point, is where things 50, get a little complicated. 50.7. 50. 50.7 50. is now the Formula, Formula 40, 40 middleweight clockwise lap record. I just think for
1: fun, I'm going to go just go 50.6. Why not? You know what I mean? Yeah, Simon will let me borrow a bike. <laughs> oh, 100 percent or John Moshe will let me borrow oh, totally. a bike. I'll just go do 50.6. Oh, cold. Just just because. Yeah. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. But look, but here's anyways. the bottom line. Can I thank everybody um enough for putting me on a motorcycle, making me feel uh part of the gang? We had so many laughs. It was such a great time. Moshe's losing his mind because, you know, he was pissed that he is <laughs> pissed that I passed him, but on the other hand, he had a lot of fun. I told him,
1: I'm like, hey, do you realize? That you're gonna be part of a trivia question someday, and he's looking at me like, "Well, what do you mean? I'm like, who did Greg White stuff one time? Who, who, who's the only guy that Greg White ever stuffed? Oh boy, right? Yeah. And, and John Moshe is the he's the trivia king. Answer to that, like, there you go. Moshé. And who would ever, who would ever know? Yeah, who so, would yeah, ever know? Yeah, it was a good. So all time, those people, it was
0: awesome. Um, it was a good return to racing after all those years. Would I do it again? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a goal that's kind of dangling out there because yeah. we know if I dropped forty pounds,
1: I'd be quicker. Well. I know for a fact you could do 54s or 53s. Not even, a, it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be a question in my mind.
0: So Jay, let me ask you this. If if I got 11 more horsepower on a Ninja 400, do you think I would have
1: beat Kolb? Stop. It, it, if you took Kolb out of Chuckwalla, <laughs> you could have beat him. You could have gained 20 more pounds and still beat him probably. Go, go, you know what? Go like him on, on Instagram. Rolling rolling chicane. chicane, Yeah. Give him a, give him a, he's pretty boring guy, but, but he's, he's funny every now and then you can throw some stuff out there. I mean, think about you lending your motorcycle to somebody. And I'll tell you what the funniest thing
0: was. (laughs) We, and on the second race, we got into this, we really did get into a fierce battle and we were going back and forth and we went side by side through the bowl a couple inches apart. And I was down at the bottom of the bowl, Jason, in no man's land with my knee over the curbing on the inside of the bowl on a 400. And that dum dum says to me, "Oh man, I totally trust you." Ugh. And I was like, "Cole, I didn't trust myself. What are you talking about? I've been raced since two thousand. I've been sprint raced since two thousand three. And you're saying that you trusted
1: me? Like, are you insane?" He's the best. Yeah, he was like, yeah, like he seriously. Does. Of all the guys that I've worked with, taught, whatever, all that yeah. good stuff, like we razz him a lot. But like, he's literally one of my favorite people ever, and he's uh. I mean, the fact that he's going 50.7, now I'm just not even going to be able to hear the end of this. I mean, Well,
0: see, and I already, I mean, dude, he was like four minutes off of the racetrack, and I said 49's next.
1: Can you just let me enjoy Can you-? <laughs> That's him, totally. That Absolutely. is him, totally. Yeah. yeah. So time. anyway,
0: that was Battle of the Olds. Thank you, everyone, for putting up with it. Um, you know, we're talking about the possibility of a rematch, whether we do it at Chukwala Valley Raceway, which would be great because they do have a little bit of dirt track, a little bit of supermoto, and, of course, the road race course. It's an absolutely fun place you should go visit it look at the calendar for next year i mean there's one round left in cvma yep. uh, coming up next month but you know for sure look into it if, if you're in a different part of the country look into getting out there sometime maybe you know reach out to feel like a pro if you want to get on an airplane if, if covid starts to you know kind of work itself out a little bit and you just want to get on a track in the middle of the winter and you're from one of those snowy areas there's an option for you, yep. you know, to rent those bikes and stuff like that so thanks to everyone who is part of battle of the olds and Now we will move on from Battle of the Olds to what's on next week's show. We're going to talk about MotoGP Qatar number two. What will be the difference and the difference makers on that one? And we'll talk about a bunch of other stuff for sure. On our race calendar, of course, we have Qatar and MotoGP. The Mid-South Cross Country Series is in Crab Orchard, Illinois. That's the series that, of course, our good boy who's now racing in Moto America Back in action was works in Lake Havasu. Jake Yeah, Jake Lewis. uh, Works in Lake Havasu, Hound in Murfrey, Idaho, and GNCC in Society Hills, South Carolina. So Jason and I, uh, this Tuesday night, are going to wrap things up here as I got a lot of editing to do. And then we're off to the track early in the morning for the second day of the Dunlop uh, official Moto America test before we kick off the season in just about a month's time. We're at Road Atlanta. So really looking forward to that. Make sure... That you go to motomerica.com if you're still listening, get yourself some tickets. I have heard that ticket sales are up across the board. So if you want to go to a race and enjoy it with a bunch of other people outside with your mask on, with your mask off, social distancing, whatever, then make sure you join us because it's going to be phenomenal. You want to see Loris Baz at his debut against the mighty Suzuki's, M4X Star Suzuki's, and Freshly Attack Performance Yamaha Racing nice. Yamahas. Westby. And Westby. Wow and everybody else in the field yeah. it's going to be wicked phenomenal be great anything great. else you'd like to say on the way out
1: no i think uh i think it was a big week for all of us i, Jason, get, I get yo thanks man thanks for the coaching oh
0: yeah it was good it was fun right? it was really good i cannot wait until we get those videos done bro i know and i know people, i got yeah. i got
1: i got the pictures tonight i think i got some of the pictures oh, you, get, you got an email I, well, I got all the ones that we went through you know last night oh from Cali God. Photography.
0: And, um, I mean, obviously I'm letting you get away without talking about your racing. Yeah.
1: It's not that important. It is. It isn't. Jason is not that important. Podiumed
0: every race he was in, including he beat Corey Alexander.
1: And that's, that's not true. It is true.
0: It is, but it's not. I mean, it is, and it isn't, but I mean, at the end of the day, red flag flag comes out you go back to the last lap. You were ahead of him. Yeah. So if, if you haven't go to Jason's social media, because we're going to, he'll post some pictures of a sequence. Of I'm photos. not posting those. You better be. <laughs> no,
1: Corey will whoop me.
0: The, give them to me. I'll post them.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, that's fair.
0: All right. You yeah, give them to me. Go to okay. my social media. If on Instagram, it's going to be, you know, Greg White TV, I think is my deal. So go there, check that out. I'm going to I'm gonna post and, a series of stuff that Jay, when Jason passed Corey Alexander for second place. It was great
1: that they got those pictures. And for me, it was just fun to just be part of it. I mean, yeah. originally, it looked like you guys were trying to get me to do the formal authority ultra lightweight and I just couldn't get myself <laughs> and it wasn't an ego thing. It was nothing like that. It was like, it was kind of cause I wanted to watch it more yeah. than be in it. Yeah. And so, you know, Kawasaki gives me this great kit bike and, um, and we put And thanks to West Farnsworth. He got me suspension from his bike. So we threw that on there Friday afternoon. Um, I got to thank Butters or Ryan as we, as we know him. Uh, there's so many people, Michael Gilbert worked on my bike. Corey worked he, on my bike. Um, T worked on my bike yeah, again, full factory Jason. Um, with all the CVMA staff, but it, you know, I hadn't done a sprint race in eleven years. Really, if you take away the yep. Phillip Island thing, cause those weren't really sprint. I mean, on current race bikes, yeah. And um, you know, I got down to minute forty fives, which I was really stoked on. To be awesome, fair. so good. And, uh, and 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 I just had a lot of fun. Just it was just fun being out there with my friends. I mean, dude, and, that was like three seconds off of the track record. You know, right? I mean, back you know nine years ago, I went 44.6 there, and so I was like, <gasps> I was about one point two off. Of but what that was I did on a super bike nine years ago on a super bike, yeah. Um, I did 50. And, and again, yeah, yeah. Right. On your super and bike. I remember, I remember. And, I was and, a, little, a little far off. And you know, Kawasaki was kind enough to let me, I called them to make sure it was okay that I raced that bike and they were very cool with it. Um, we're going to get some good publicity out of it and all that. And yeah. we took a great photo at the end of the day. That'll be up on social media of, I mean, what was there? Eight bikes, ten bikes, all Kawasaki. Oh yeah, all of our yeah. friends that,
0: all the people that have bought Kawasaki's yeah, so. and, and yeah, and race them Anyways. and ride them and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it was, was an great. awesome, it was an awesome time. Thank yeah. you again to everybody involved, and Thank congratulations, Jason. Thanks. You got a couple of plaques, bro. A couple thanks, new thanks. plaques in the garage that say your name on it someday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where was... are you in
1: the points though for the banquet? Are you in the uh, mix? No, you... <laughs> no, I'm way out of that. Michael Gilbert's got everybody cleaned up. I think Dave Anthony and him will have a little battle here at the end of the season. Corey and him. Mind you, had an unbelievable race. I mean, Corey, oh, the last one, yeah. The last one. And it was funny because when I realized I wasn't going to catch them, I started watching them. So I was, <laughs> I was running around in third and I could kind of see yeah. where they were like you can at Chuck Walla. But if you're still listening to this, thank you so much to all the listeners. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.